Soy tu cupita marcano y están escuchando Fry on the Phone. Welcome to episode 163. Is it 163 already? Is it 164? 160-something. I don't know. I'm losing What? track. Uh, well, we got to stay positive. I, I mean, I, I love the whole steady, man. Uh, they are such the, they're like the best bar band ever. Well, and it fits for us this week because it seems like there's been a lot of old friends stuff going on. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and you guys, Roy invited me to the game. Uh, Angela was at his wife was out of town. Uh, Angela invited me. Well, I went to the game with Roy on Sunday. He was, I was his date. Hey. And we saw an old friend there, Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, he, we saw him up in cl up close and personal. We were there when he was warming up and he pitched a great game. Dude, and he was old friend Mackenzie Gore like just dominating. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was sharp from the first pitch. Fastball location was looking great. In, in warmups, that's what I see is how good's the location? You know, are they hitting their targets? What does the breaking stuff look like? I yep. mean, I I I don't know how to tell the I'm not a scout, but at least right, I know, right. you know, catches holding the, gl the glove here, fastball hits it right there, pop. Breaking ball, trying to keep it down, you know, whatever. He was hitting his spots. Then he goes in and was just awesome the whole game. Yeah. And, and when the uh, when the when the catcher's glove pops like a like a like a shotgun, like like a gunshot, like you know he's hitting, you know, he's just dialed in. Okay, so I'm gonna go off the rails already. Somebody nice. so NCAA uh postseason baseball is going on right now. Uh the conference tournament's just ended, and now they just made the bracket for the NCAA tournament, right? So somebody posted uh a um uh a clip of this kid from Stanford and fly ball into right field. He's kind of drifting over to his left. Catches, turns, throws, doesn't even look like he gets a whole lot into it. Right. And the thing was a freaking laser beam to third base. And the pop you hear on the audio was such a loud smack. And it reminded me of a certain Vincent Edwards something, something that went to Auburn back in the day. I think he played football. I don't want to make those kinds of comparisons, but holy crap, what an arm. Yeah. Yeah, a good a good cannon is it's a lost art these days. A, a good throw from right field. I mean, not, not everyone can be a hunter Renfro. And, and who else has a really good arm, you know, in the answer that, you know, really well. Right. For sure. Yeah. So it was just anyway, you just made me think of that. But so we so Mackenzie Gore, he came out of the game. He was at, I think, low 90s, high upper yeah. 80s, low 90s on the pitch yeah. count. And we were kind of looking at like, I think he was going to come out. He, he did six complete, I think. Um, maybe it was seven. It was seven. Oh. Okay, and we're we're looking at it like I think he's going to come back out another inning, and they wound up sending Chris Matt in, um, which wound up not going all that well. But you know, everybody has a bad day. In retrospect, I feel like it was the right move to take him out when they did. They're trying to keep him fresh. They're trying. You know, they're, yeah. they're not trying to push him right now. It's right. just get in there, get your work done, and then hand it off to the guys in the bullpen. Seven full innings was outstanding. But we saw a couple other old friends while we were there. Absolutely. Steve Wilson uh, said hi in the bullpen, uh, you know, in center field and in, was Jack Zawinski. And in left field was Tucapita Marcano and Marcano, dude, he roped a single up the middle off McKenzie. Jack got a walk. Um, you know, that's what I said to Steve. He's like, it's like a Lake Elsinore reunion. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he came up with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it was a good time. So it was a little bit of a reunion for us there. Um, and then yesterday, Tuku hit his first career major league home run. Who'd he hit it off of? Was it off Kimbrel? No, it was off Bueller. Oh, Bueller. Right. I knew it was off a Dodger. Somebody I don't like. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he posted that video on his Instagram. And, you know, I, I kind of paid attention to that game last night. because I was getting ready to go to bed. And, ooh, they're winning. Oh, the tired. Oh, now they're winning again. Like, the Dodgers just won't go away. They just will not go away. And uh, Crimble, uh, <laughs> Craig Kimbrell uh, blew the save. Kim, um, you could say that Kimbrell crumbled. Yes, he did. Kimbrell crumbled. Say that five times fast. I can't even right? say it once. But then um, what old friend stepped in to save the game for the Pirates? David Bednar. David Bednar, who is thick. Like, like when he was with us, he was a little, he always seemed a little pudgy, maybe a little barrel chested. Man, I saw him in the bullpen on Sunday, and that, that kid turned that chub into, into grub, dude. He is, he is, he is cut. He turned into a grown ass man right yeah, there, you know, over the course of the last whatever year and a half. Like, I don't think I don't. Did you ever see him in person? Was he in Lake Elsinore when you were going up there a bunch in 2018? It, it, I don't think so. Like, and if 18, it was, 19? I didn't. It was he wasn't, you know, he wasn't that remarkable. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. But then so a couple of the host families were down. So David Bednar, uh, he was staying with Matt and Laura that yeah, are friends of ours in the uh, in the Lake Elsinore area club. And I think da- Stephen Wilson was one of their boys, too. Absolutely. So it's they become like family when they after they host these kids. And then when they finally come and make their major league debut, it's a big deal for them to come down and attend yeah. the game and get that picture. So I saw the picture of with with uh steven and and uh and david bednar and that was really cool yeah Uh, but yeah bednar kind of saved the day for he's he's kind of doing our our bidding (laughs) with another team i like that my bidding also i noticed at the end of the game on sunday like as both bullpens kind of funneled out of the respective doors that steve and 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 bednar they you know they they did the bro hug and like hey see you later right so that yeah, was kind of all right. So let's move on because we got a lot to do. We have I have the interview with Garrett Hawkins, which is going to come up here in a minute. But here's something that I, I we kind of differ on. Anderson Espinosa made his major league debut yesterday. Congratulations to him! That and, at long last. Yeah, absolutely. Such a highly touted prospect with the Padres, and then you know then it goes under Tommy John, and then gets traded just as he's coming back from it. Really, um, we I saw him pitch against you know before he was traded with us. Right when they started checking fingers um, in between innings, he got pulled because of his glove. And it was like, I think we talked about it on the podcast. Back oh, then. I remember it was like, that. Yeah. He didn't even know what was going on. It was such a, you know, it was such a new thing. So I think the empire might have got a little overzealous about what was going on with, with his hand. But, you know, I, you know, I don't think minor league guys are scuffing the ball or are using goo or whatever. But I remember right, right, right after that, he got traded. Right, right. Yeah, so he made his major league debut. He came in. I think he pitched four innings in yesterday's game. It was part of a doubleheader. Yep. Six strikeouts, three base on balls, uh, two two hits, two runs, two earned runs. So I look like he might have gave up a couple home runs. But, you know, it's major league debut. It's something to build on. Right. And so, as you noted, we were uh, disagreeing a little bit earlier yeah. today. I think there's a lot more in the tank there. And I think he can develop into, a, you know, at least a, a steady major league starter. Yeah, and I, okay, saying that he may develop into a major league start, that that's, 
pretty when, safe. <laughs> when he first came to the Padres, he was one of the best, if not the best pitching prospect in baseball. In like a, consensus yeah, top 20. And and he'd barely pitched an A ball at the time, yeah. but he was seen as so electric and athletic and all of this. People were like bringing up Pedro Martinez comps and stuff. Now, I mean, you look at what he's been doing in double A and it's been rough for him in double A this year. Um, So he's on the 40 man. He's been on the 40 man for a few years. The Padres added him to protect him from getting selected a couple years ago. Uh, But he's been working as a starter. He's been going four innings, most outings. He went five innings once, but he's been giving up a few runs, two, three, four in runs, just about every appearance. He's been getting knocked around, not lighting up this, the strikeout column. So, right. okay. Serviceable starter, maybe, but he's no longer a, a legit like prospect with a capital P. Right. Can't miss. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I haven't really been paying that close attention to it. And, you know, we don't know where he's at in his, not necessarily rehab, but, you know, it, it takes a while. We, we're going to see with Reggie Lawson, where it takes a while to come back from Tommy John and kind of get dialed in. And then when you bring it up to another level in double A, where I, I kind of feel that sometimes double A is, uh, depending on where you're playing, is much harder to to, to play in than triple than A. It just, it just seems like guys are, I don't know, they maybe stock the talent down there a little bit better. Well, and it's, he's in the Southern League. And okay. so we see the Texas league, the Texas league is kind of an odd, an odd duck. I don't know yeah. how the Southern league plays as far as pitchers park, hitters parks, you know, wh- where they stock the talent. Like we know in the Padres organization, the pitching prospects tend to stay in double a, they don't yeah. give them a whole lot of exposure in triple a. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so I looked at on fan graphs, you can see what his average velocities were for his pitches and his fastball was averaging like 93.7. Okay. And he was um, before his first Tommy John, they were saying, you know, easy 98 yeah, with yeah. tons of arm side run and all this stuff. It's just, it's, it's not there anymore, which it, he's had two Tommy John surgeries. Just the fact yeah. that he's come back and pitched a single inning in a major league game is remarkable and it's, it's outstanding. Absolutely. So good for him. I, I guess that's, that's, that's really the, 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 what we need to pull away from it is it's just amazing that he made it all the way back. Yeah, and we wish him the best. So continuing to wish uh, old friends uh, the best, uh, Joey Cantillo has been killing it in the month of May. April, let's forget about it. Forget about it. May, killing it. 2-0 in five games. No, 0.00 ERA, 22 innings, 10 hits, 4 walks, 33 Ks, a 135 average against, and a .64 whip. Yeah, uh, John Conniff, uh Post pointed that out yeah. to us in a DM, um, and he noted that he's sitting 92 to 95 miles an hour, a jump of about two miles an hour from last year. Uh, and that was always kind of the book with him when he was here. It was that he's kind of low 90s, you know, maybe 91, 92, but he's got the command, the off speed, whatever to, to make it work. So now if he's found another gear, that kind of adds a different, a whole different dimension to what he could do. Yes. So the Hawaiian's doing well. We wish him well. And to wrap up the old fan alert, I just saw this on Twitter before I took my nap from work after work. I'm a nap guy. Um, I can't believe that. Okay. So what happened was is uh, there. So Anthony Contreras got ejected. That that's what the point is here. Okay. So that's all the story. Thank you. I I hope this doesn't continue with my just talking out my ass. That's all right. Um, I'm here to keep you on the rails. Any more so (laughs) than I normally do. Uh, No. So, so the batter got walked, Um, you know, takes off his little uh, shin guard kind of tosses it back and it kind of rolls and hits 
the umpire and he, he tosses it back and just starts, you know, jogging over to first base. He stops, turns around like, you know what? He got thrown out and it wasn't like, it was because the, because his knee pad thing or his ankle pad protector hit the umpire. Yeah. That's some serious, that's some serious ump show stuff Ump show. Absolutely. Yeah, and this is Iron Pigs, which is what? Is that double A? Lehigh Iron Pigs. He's in triple A. Philly's Philly's triple A manager. Yeah, but why are you going to eject a guy over something like that? You know, I mean, maybe you have a conversation with somebody afterwards or somebody. It wasn't like he did it in malice. It's not like he turned around and flipped. He walked the guy. Right. It's not like it's strike three, end of the inning, and he's standing there taking his stuff off and flinging it all over the place. Even it's, if it's, those two had maybe had words before and, you know, it was tense. That's still not, that's nothing. He didn't even notice it. You know, you, that's just ridiculous. It is. Show. It is absolutely. And so Contreras, so this is the first time that Anthony Contreras has been ejected this year and he doesn't get super animated. I don't no. know that I've seen him get ejected before, but he went out there and you could tell that he was unhappy about the situation but he was very composed the whole time. And, and there was this demeanor to him. It's like very mature demeanor. I would have gone out there and lost my mind. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> throwing my guy out of the game for something stupid like that. Arms flailing around your hat's falling off. You're spitting up. Yeah. Throwing the rosin bag. Like it's a grenade. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wellman, Philip Wellman. We love that guy. Um, yeah. So that's just what, what, a, what a bummer, man. And uh, it's, uh, I'm glad to see he got a, you know, a, a triple A job. He's been a fantastic manager for the, the Wizards and obviously with uh, with Fort Wayne, the Tin Caps. Um, we just hope him the best. We wish all these guys the best. Anyone that comes on the podcast, we've talked about from the Potters organization. We we just wish the best for him. Baseball is such a you know it's such a hard sport. It's such a, a, a the, even the work environment with the managers and stuff. It's just a it's hard to get into. It's it's you know. And so we wish him the best. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but let's start with the uh, with the roster movements. But Lucas Dunn has been sent to Fort Wayne whoop, today. I saw that right after I got off work. I saw that. So congratulations to him. He's been killing it in in dude, single A like Elsinore. So now move him up to the next level. That's great for him, dude. He is a man. And so I sent John Nolan the uh, the little bit of audio clips that we have uh, from the from the media day that I took. Of, of him, a little bit of backstory, a little bit of story, you know, a little bit of fun stuff. Uh, anything to help John Nolan do his job. Um, do you like think t- he do you think he brought the catcher's mitt with him to Fort he, Wayne? You know, you just bring it in. It's it's probably collecting dust, but I'm sure it's there. Uh huh. Hey, <laughs> coach, whatever you need. You know, you never maybe they need an emergency catcher. Maybe you need somebody to catch a bullpen on the side. You know, I really I really like him playing second base. I really like him playing first base uh, outfield. Third base might be a little bit of a stretch for him. Um, but certainly he can he can play all over the field, and with that bat, that bat will play. And if he continues to hit, he will continue to move forward and find himself um, a bright, bright future. Right, right. All right. Well, since you opened the subject of transactions, uh, we've had a few transactions over this last week. People moving up and down. Uh, so left-handed pitcher Gabe Morales. Oh, wait, wait. Before I get off that, right. so the corresponding move with him moving up to high A, Chris Given has been released by the Padres. Yeah. I believe that was what I saw. So, yeah, and I, Chris Given was drafted, I think, in the 19th round in 2019. I looked that up after you, we saw that. Um, I'm kind of surprised because he's had some bright moments. We brought him up a few times. I looked at his numbers. He hasn't been doing all that well this year. Um, so, yeah, who knows what's going on? But, you know, happy trails to you, Chris Given. Absolutely. 
Okay, so um, effective Tuesday, May 24th, left-hand pitcher Gabe Morales was transferred to double-A San Antonio to high-A Fort Wayne. Relievers get moved around a lot, yeah. especially if they're not a, you know, a prospect kind of a kind of a type um, left-handed reliever. Fred Schlichtholz was placed on Fort Wayne's development list. We haven't seen a whole lot of, of Fred. I was expecting to see him in AAA no. a little bit this year. Uh, and then right, right-handed reliever Felix Manjares was also placed on Fort Wayne's development list. Um, and then on Wednesday, right-handed pitcher Dwayne Matos was transferred from double a San Antonio to high a Fort Wayne. Um, and then on Friday, uh, Augustin Ruiz has been reinstated from the development list and transferred to high a Fort Wayne. Right-handed pitcher Ryan Lilly has been reinstated from the development list and transferred to AAA El Paso. You know, and we talked about that one. We saw that Ryan Lilly got sent to the development list, and this was right on the heels of that of no the, the no hitter in Double A. Yeah. And we're like, that's kind of odd, but it must have just been a timing thing. They needed to yeah. make room for somebody. They needed to open up a spot for a roster somebody. So now he's in El Paso. <laughs> so he's used to riding on the bus everywhere he goes. Now they're on they're they're taking flights to the different yeah. uh, AAA teams, but a lot of these AAA locations aren't in places where the the airport it, it's it's like a second grade airport. It's right. not it's not a first rate airport, and so the approaches <laughs> you're flying over mountains, you're coming in, and apparently he's not used to the turbulence. So he was reaching out asking for help about what do I do about this turbulence? Because every time we get in the plane, my palms get sweaty. <laughs> so I hope he gets used to that. <laughs> Right. They're not going to SeaTac when they go to Tacoma. You know, they're going to Tacoma Airport. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I imagine some of these, they're not flying on, on a big 737. Maybe they got the little, little twin, twin turbo prop. Those things always make me nervous. You, call them you puddle, can look out the jumpers. window and you see that propeller going. It's like, man, just keep spinning, please, and get me home. <laughs> oh, here's an interesting note. Uh, Justin Lopez has been sent back to Peoria to begin conversion to the mound. The 22-year-old who was one of the bigger names in the 2016 international signing class has struggled to make consistent contact at the plate and amassed just a 231, 287, 355 line over 1,613 career plate appearances, most of which have come in Fort Wayne. He joins Carlos Bellin, Yeri Lenendez, and Javi Guerra as recent pitching conversions for the Padres. So that's a very, very interesting. That is a really interesting one. Um, Yuri Landinas has been in Lake Elsinore this year. Um, he's pitched in 12 games. He's been working as a reliever, 6.91 ERA, but you know, your first year on the, on the mound, right. what can you really expect out of that? Um, Javi Guerra made it to the big leagues. Now he's yeah. recovering from Tommy John, but you know, and then Carlos Belen, he's been kicking around for a while. I wonder, you know, at what point is he going to get an opportunity somewhere? So yeah, Justin Lopez, he was, I remember when that, when that class came out, he was the one that like, okay, this guy's going to be the best hitter. Gabriel Arias. He's got the best, uh, the best glove. glove. Yeah. You've got Tatis. That's this freak athlete. Um, you've got uh, Jordi Barley. That was this like raw athletic, strong yeah. guy. And then over here, you've got Justin Lopez that looks like he can do everything. Yeah. Like, really, really polished looking defender looked great in the plate seemed to have the most balanced tools and yet it never really came together. No, it didn't. And that's, uh, and you'll do anything you can to prolong your career. And and certainly Carlos Bellin has done well enough and has transitioned uh, to pitching in the bullpen to, like you said, develop, get better and potentially be, uh, you know, a weapon in the future for the Padres. Now, I'd um, have to ask the the Bad Friars guys, but Carlos Belen might be the longest tenured of anybody in the Padres organization. 
Interesting. Yeah. I think he came on to the organization in like 2009. Something crazy like that. He's been around a long time. That is crazy. Um, so that's, yeah. So that's a bunch of the roster notes. What do you got there? Oh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying <laughs> to look up when Carlos Polen was signed. Uh, but yeah, so that's, the, that's it for that. And bef- so then before we get to our affiliate rundown, tell us who you talk to. Oh man, I went up to the game on Saturday and, uh, and, and talked to Garrett Hawkins. A uh, big, big right-handed pitcher out of um, you know the bigger Saskatchewan, uh, a hotbed of talent in Canada. Really solid dude. He didn't have a great game. It was a really tough game for him, and I was surprised at how, like when he came out, like I, like it was just be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Um, and we didn't even mention the game because it was you know, gave up four runs in the first inning, you know. But it was just another, you know, it's just another game. Um, I, I go over for my league games, you know, in my rec league games, I want to fire people on Monday to feel better. Like he's like, yeah, it happens, you know, um, talk to him. Really cool, dude. Really interesting story. Lots of fun information in there. Um, really cool. And our first interview this year, finally getting to talk to guys up at Lake Elsinore. So enjoy that. And we'll be right back after that with the affiliate rundown. Hey, we're here with Garrett Hawkins, uh, ninth round draft pick of the Padres, Lake Elsinore Storm. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, first of all, I want to let I want to ask, what what do you throw? What's your what's your arsenal? So I throw a four seam cur- or four seam fastball, slider, and a changeup. Um, slider, I'd call more a breaking ball. Um, doesn't have a, quite a distinction, but yeah. All right, all right. So I've told the story. I, I got a hold of your dad. <laughs> And, and you told me the story when you were T-ball, you, know, you could always catch and throw as, as, a, as a kid from a very young age. And you caught the ball, you fielded it, threw it over to first, and it almost took the kid's head off because he didn't know how to catch. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, you you had to you roll the ball over to first base? I mean... Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just growing up, I think I was pretty competitive and just like maybe a step ahead of the other kids. So I was like, okay, we got to get the out somehow. Um, let's try, let's try rolling it this time. Well, and I also heard that curling, like, like bigger Saskatchewan is a large hotbed of curling talent. Oh yeah. Yeah. I curled all through high school. I, yeah. Skip mostly. If you know much about curling, skip is calls the shots on the team. And you didn't get, you, so you didn't get drafted. I guess there's no draft. <laughs> there's, there's no draft for, for curling. No, no. How'd you get into baseball? Um, probably around four years old, I started playing. Um, then kind of just fell in love with it. Um, just got better and better. So, yeah. Who, uh, who are the teams you follow? Uh, growing up, it was the Blue Jays, just being from Canada. Right, um, right. So, yeah, they were mainly the most, the, Easiest team to follow for sure in Canada. Just all their games were broadcasted, so watch lots of them. Okay, who were some of the players that you liked? Uh, Roy Halladay growing up yeah. was really fun to watch. Um, like Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion, yeah. just big hitters like that. Nice. You're, and you're a little too young to be around when the Montreal Expos were there. Yeah, yeah. Although Major League Baseball, they might, they're trying to bring them back, yeah. but we'll see. So at 16, this is kind of interesting. At 16, you were sent to a baseball academy? Yeah, at 16, I went to Vauxhall Academy, it's called, in Alberta. Um, just a small town, but has a baseball academy that's connected with the school. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, so did you live, obviously, you must have lived on campus. Are there dorms there? How did that go? Yeah, so they built dorms attached to the school. So, walking to class, you just 
past a couple doors and you're into the school basically. So we basically lived in the school. Could go to the gymnasium, shoot hoops whenever you wanted, kind of thing. Damn, dude, I mean, that's pretty sweet. At sixteen, yeah. you're on your own. I mean, was there any parental guidance? Was there uh, any they had like? two older, an older couple were dorm parents. Okay, so they yeah ran the ran the whole thing. At sixteen, that would have been that would not have been good. I would have been <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. The town's pretty small, so it's pretty hard to get into much trouble. Uh, so what's the, what's the climate back back in Saskatchewan? How what is that window for playing baseball? It seems like it might be really small. Yeah, there's snow on the ground pretty much from until March. So yeah, it's tough to play. You have to do a lot of indoor training through the winter and stuff like that. Um, we came down south lots to Arizona and stuff to play. So yeah. Did you uh, did you play any snow ever? I mean, you must have. Played. Uh, it's pretty cold. I've played <laughs> pretty cold games, but I don't know if we got snow. We've had a shovel snow off. The field to play the next day for sure. I've had that happen. Uh, I, I can't, I can't imagine. Born and raised San Diego man, I'm allergic to snow by by birth. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's funny because where you're from, bigger is what 25, 2200 people. Yeah. And in Vox Hall, there's what like nine. Yeah, nine hundred people. Like, like, like yeah. there's no one there. No. But yet, you know, Saskatchewan's becoming a, kind of a big, really the province. Uh, the province is really becoming a hotbed of baseball talent. Yeah, for sure. Um, worked out with Logan Hoffman last year, or yeah, this fall. He's with the Pirates right now, and Andrew Elbers up and down in the big leagues. He's from Saskatchewan, also. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of talent there for sure. So then you, uh, then you played in the, in the Canadian Cup. Was that what uh, was yeah. that for college? No, that's so. Each province has their own team, okay. so then they go play a national tournament. So, in my grade eleven year, we won it, and then again in my grade twelve year, we won it back to back years. Dude, so yeah. and is that different from the Canadian Summer Games? Uh, so Summer Games are hosted like every four years, like okay. the Olympics. So, we won Summer Games. That was the second year. We won Canada Cup the year before. So yeah. Dude. How was that experience? Where did you guys you guys travel throughout Canada? Well, uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> really? I think we can continue now. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, how? I mean, you guys travel all over Canada? Um. I wouldn't say all over. We didn't hit the East Coast much. Mostly Western province or yeah, Western provinces. Uh, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba played each other lots for sure. And then you went to uh, you went to University of British Columbia. Yep, Vancouver. Yep, that's a beautiful city. Yeah, it's awesome. And campus feels like its own little city inside of it. Um, it's right on the water, so you get a. Can walk down to the beach or do whatever. Yeah, one of the cities. If I ever go to Canada, like I just want to go straight up the coast, right up to For Vancouver. Sure. Um, so then, in 2021, you guys shut down. I mean, just COVID really screwed everything. Yeah, uh, really bad. Pardon the language. Um, you then, what year did that happen? We were junior. So my sophomore year, we got shut down in March. We were supposed to come down to Georgia to play. Um, yeah, shut down all that year, and then. We're hoping to play 2021, and that got canceled also. So, yeah, just came down here for summer ball. That yeah, summer for our podcast, there was no minor league. We like we did nothing, yeah. um, and then you got hooked up with the prospect league and you played for the Trenton Thunder. Yeah. Um, so at that point, it was like really just trying to get innings wherever I could down south, um, and that was their first year doing it. So wasn't sure what to expect, but I really enjoyed my time there, and it was great to 
finally throw some innings in front of some people. How'd so. you hook up there? How'd you get? How'd you get? That um, I don't know how it all went down. I think head coach at school kind of threw it out there. Hey, this league's starting. Um, then agency kind of threw it out. Knew some people as well. So yeah, they helped me get into it for sure. Yeah, that was a, a contraction of minor league baseball and. Trenton Thunder used to be high A or double A team for uh, Yankees. For the Yankees, yeah, yeah it's a really nice field. Also, I don't know how they got <laughs> out of that, but yeah, that was the whole thing. That was the whole season of us complaining about that right. on the podcast. Um, did you have a host family there? No, we were in dorms. So okay, actually, like the Blue Jays Triple A team played at Trenton, so we actually didn't get to play at their big stadium. We were stuck at Ryder University in New Jersey, so we stayed at their dorms, just dorm life. Did you, uh, did you at any point did you ever get a chance to play at Rogers Center? I did. Yep, my grade eleven year Dude. got to play there. They host like a tournament. Each province makes their team, and okay. yeah, it's pretty cool. Lots of scouts there, and yeah. And you pitched there. So yeah. let's, let's talk about the scouts. So, um, where were you on draft day? I was still in New Jersey with the summer league because I didn't want to fly home. Just because there was still COVID restrictions. Right. And if I needed to, for some reason, come back down pretty quick, it might have been a hassle. So I stayed down here. So let's talk about that. How, yeah. uh, like, did you get a phone call? Did your agent call you? How did that go? Do you have a handler? Or um, do you have an agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, he kind of told me Padres were interested the day before. Not really sure where they were at, though. And then I think I was just watching it on TV. Eighth round comes around. I think he texted me, said Padres are going to take me in the ninth. So I knew who round ahead of time, I guess. Um, but yeah, still never know until you see your name on TV. Did you have any contact with them before? Um, so Chris Kemp, a scout in oh, yeah. for Canada, um, he came to UBC just to watch. Not it was just indoors, okay. throwing live. Um, and he seen me, I guess, the year before. But I think I grew a bit since he saw me last, but it was good he was there to watch me a bit yeah, before Chris, he came down. Chris Kemp's a top cat. Um, so you get drafted. You end up in Peoria. When did you feel like you're a professional baseball player? Like, how, where did it feel like walking out of those backfields, really just going like, oh, um, I don't know when it kicked in. Maybe I remember stretching out one day. It was like, okay, this is the only thing I have to really worry about is throwing the ball. Right, so that kind of kicked in then, um, but yeah, surreal, pretty much. Yeah, that's it is pretty surreal. Yeah, you know, and then you go in these leagues, and you know, you're seeing professional hitters, as young as they are, and you, you throw yeah. hard, but you know, they're it's like, I gotta eat for sure. Daddy's gotta eat. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, so how has it been? You know, so you go to so so last year you go to the complex league. You go into the offseason this year, what did you do different, or what did they have you do to kind of prepare for a full minor league system? Um, I think, like, a lot of off-speed stuff and just making sure my body was right. Just I haven't handled a full season workload, really, in quite a bit. So, And a lot of off-speed stuff. They knew my fastball was good. It's just eventually I'm going to have to throw something else for right. sure. Um, right. So that was a big focus. So is your the slider, the curveball, your out pitch? Um. It's probably my fastball, to be honest, but okay. that would be my second one if I needed to land a first strike or something like that. Okay, so you dominated the prospect league. Now you're dominating a professional here on Lake Elsinore. Uh, you know, it's going to get harder. You know, oh, yeah. It, it's going to get harder. Yeah. Um, what is Leo? So 
so you're what, what six about five or six starts into the season. What do you see that you have to improve on, or what does Leo Rosales have you working on right now? Uh, still my off speed. It's always a work in progress. Um, I think especially my changeup. Just I think it's a good pitch. I just need to land it for strikes and make it more competitive. Um, I threw a few tonight and just wasn't getting any swings because it was almost taken out of the equation right. just because it's not thrown for strikes. So that's a big focus. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to get out and see any of Southern California? Uh, my girlfriend flew out a few weeks ago. We drove down to San Diego, uh, checked it out a bit. Um, it's really nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, not a ton else, though. Right. <laughs> we only got Monday off, so it's hard to get around much. Yeah. Right. Well, that's tomorrow night, right? That's, um, I don't know why I had to say that. Um, what? So... What kind of food do you, uh, you know, uh, there must be a little bit of a culture shock, a little bit of a you know, difference in, in cuisine here in Southern California and you get up in, uh, you know, in, in Canada. Uh, what's your go-to food here? Um, I don't know. Nothing's too new, I wouldn't say, but we have a lot of, like, Mexican rice and beans down here. Um, so I would say that's probably a big thing. Are, are they asking to put on some weight there? No, no. <laughs> He's a big. He's not a big boy. But he's a tall boy. He's got, he's got room to grow. But, um, okay, so you really just you haven't. It hasn't been that hot this year. It's funny. I was talking to Justin. He's like, it's cold. It's cold right now. Um, it gets. It used to get really hot here, or it has in the past. Got really hot here. You said you were. Um, you said you were sweating on the mountain tonight. Has any of that? Has the heat? Any of that heat? Kind of uh, like, God damn, it does get hot here. Um, I think. Being in Arizona last for the tail end of summer there kind of got me into it because it was we were out there midday practicing before games and that was really hot. So I've kind of got used to it for now, but right. we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, again, it's going to get cold in Fort Wayne. Once you get to Fort oh, Wayne, yeah. in the first three months of the season, two months <laughs> of the season, it's really cold. Okay, this quick fire here. Um, let's have some fun. Okay. Dude, I'll get you out of here. Um, okay. Question: How well do you know Saskatchewan? What is a provincial bird? Oh, the uh, prairie grouse. Right? Yeah, it's the sharp-tailed okay. grouse. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad said you wouldn't know that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. Uh, can you name two Canadians uh, to win the Cy Young? Oh, boy. One just, to give you a hint, one just got a statue in Chicago. Like Cy Young eventually? Oh, Soroka I'll put up there. Canadian? The Mike one Soroka? Cy Young? Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, no, I can't do that. Okay, Ferguson <laughs> Jenkins. Okay. And Eric Anya. Oh, okay. There's a couple guys a little before your time. I understand that. Um, are you the most famous person in your high school? Uh, maybe, I guess. I had a really, really small high school, though. I only had 30 kids in my class. Yeah, you're the yeah. most famous professional <laughs> baseball player. <laughs> do you have any superstitions? Um... No, I used to eat the same meal before I pitched the day before. I used to have Chipotle like every night before, and then it just fizzled out and realized that it wasn't that big of a deal. So <laughs> I just <laughs> well later on the uh, at the end of July we'll have a Chipotle gift card giveaway. And you're gonna get free Chipotle anyway. Um, what actor would play you in a movie? Oh goodness, I don't even know if I know enough actors. <laughs> I don't know. I'm what, not sure. what baseball player would play you in a movie? Oh, I don't know that either. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. So, um, favorite non-baseball athlete? Um, You're not going to name it like probably, a curler, right? Something no. Like the curler national team. 
Probably like McDavid or Crosby, some hockey player. Oh, yeah. nice, yeah. nice. And you, I, I didn't have that down. You did play any hockey? Yeah, I did, up until the beginning of high school, and then kind of got too competitive and I didn't care a ton to play. More, Dude, right, right. <laughs> uh, sh- uh, is hot dog? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, no, it's not. Nice, nice. <laughs> favorite non? Okay, uh, f- favorite baseball movie? Uh, Moneyball. Yeah. Moneyball. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Dude, I really appreciate the time uh, taking it out and talking to me, listening to uh, my questions. Yeah, for sure. Thanks Garrett, for having me. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That was cool. It was fun. It was fun. It was after the game. Uh, we had to stop a couple times because, well, they started running the bases, and then at the end of the game, I don't know who lets the kids up at the uh, up in the announcers booth, but the kids go up there and they're like, "Yeah, go storm!" And it's, we're right underneath the speaker, so you we've had to stop. We like stop. You'll you, you'll hear it. You'll we stopped right in the middle of talking, and we just kind of waited until them to stop talking. All right, okay, here we go again. I, I didn't know that they did that. I knew they yeah. let him run the bases, but that's cool that they get to go. <laughs> yeah, imagine being a little kid and you get to hear your voice on the. On the stadium PA system. I think the kid said, shout out to my, my friend and my dog. You're like, <laughs> just crazy stuff. But let's go. Uh, let's get going. Let's start in Lake Elsinore strike Wait, one. So that made me. So I talked to, I ran into Gail, baseball Gail. Okay. We were up there for the game. And she told us that there's no press box up at no. Lake Elsinore anymore. It's no longer. They use that now for a regular uh, sweep. It's a sweep now. So what about the what if what about the sports writers that want to cover the nope. game? They nope. just nope. they just go set up somewhere down in the seats, and there's Kyle Glazer and the guys from EVT and whoever. Right. There's a couple of times I've gone up and sat in that box. There's been somebody from East Village Times sitting there yep. with their laptop, and they're working on their game story. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a little cooler in there with a bunch of sodas, and they usually have a little bit of food, whatever the guys are downstairs are eating. Yeah, some yeah. RC cola and diet right. Yeah. Right. True minor league ball club. Um, yeah, nothing. Nothing. Right. I, the first time I went up there, I'm like, hey, it's and it still says press room. They didn't even they didn't even change the name of it to a to a sweet name or anything. But yeah. All right. That's how well, you know, they got they got to make a dime. Yeah, absolutely. And that's then that's the way to make a dime. Yeah. Um, because most of the time I went up there, there was no one in there. And it was like, great, I got the place to myself, walk around in my underwear before the game. No. <laughs> And make myself. Yeah, that's right. About then is when Thunder would come walking in the door. Right, and it's just awkward. Um, anyways, moving on. Strike one Wednesday. Dude, Max Ferguson continues to be an on-base machine, machine, and a force in the running game. The former Tennessee Volunteer has posted a a four twelve on-base percentage in May on the strength of twenty three walks, despite hitting just one eighty for the month. The Tornado cleared the bases in the second inning with a three run double, providing all the support the Storm would need. When better Lager Ferguson swiped third base before scoring on an RBI ground out, the theft was his 33rd of the season, a mark that sits easily atop the California League. Manufacturing runs right there. Manufacturing runs. As the bat develops, like he's the bats, he's not hitting the balls often. Dude, he's getting on base. He has the strike, you know, he has the strike zone awareness. Uh, Kobe Robinson produced his best outing as a professional, allowing just one earned run across four innings while striking out nine. The 13th round pick in the 2021 draft out of Chattanooga State Community College lowered a season ERA to 3.57 with the effort. Aaron Holiday shut the door on the visitors in the ninth 
to collect his first save of the season. The right-hander acquired from the Oakland from Oakland in the Shamanaya trade, Shamanaya trade, excuse me, is off to a spectacular start with the Padres, allowing just two earned runs in 17 innings with the Storm. Strike two on 30, Thursday, Bodie Roscone was the parental guidance for the Inland Empire batters on Rated R Night at the Diamond. Restricted them to only one run. Have you been up to a Rated R Night yet? No, I didn't, but I wrote that. I think that was the second <laughs> one that, they, that they've done. We were up there for the first one. Maybe it was... Maybe it was last year. It's fun. They have a bunch of kind of adult theme. They play some more adult music. They right. they, they try to keep the, the there's no cussing still because they can't say no kids. Right. There's right. kids there, uh, but it's a little bit more adult related uh, content. And they definitely try to kind of skirt the limits of, you know, there's right. a lot of innuendo going on. It's, right. it's fun. Push the boundaries. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the lefty forced eight uh, ground outs and worked efficiently to the tune of 79 pitches, 53 strikes over a season high five and two thirds innings to earn his second win of the year. Cole Cummings carried the night with a trio of hits, including a double and a home run, driving in four and scoring a pair himself. The UCSB alum raised his slash line in night games to 271, 416, 508, perhaps embracing Ronnie James Dio's sage advice. The moon is just the sun at night. night. That's Marcus. That's Mark Wilkins right there, man. He throws in the cool references. I, I think uh, I think John Conniff challenged him to, <laughs> to put some musical references in there because there's been a lot more of this stuff and it's been it's been fun. <laughs> Uh, so Lucas Dunn had his second two hit night in a row, raising his average to 321. The Padres eighth round pick out of Louisville last year ranks among the top 10 in the Cal League for each component of his 321, 453, 537 slash line. And as we would come to know, he got he earned the promotion up to, to high A. Absolutely. Uh, Justin Farmer walked twice and hit his third double of the season and his third of May. The Florida International alum signed with the Padres last summer after the draft. And he's a fun guy to watch. He's got yeah. he's got plenty of pop. He's super fast on the bases, yeah. rangy in the outfield. Uh, the guy's an athlete. I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. Yeah, absolutely. So strike three after Inland Empire rallied to tie it in the final inning of regulation. Lucas Dunn hits a walk-off three-run homer in the eighth to claim the opener in the doubleheader for Lake Elsinore Storm. It was the only hit of the day for the jack-of-all-trades who is who at one for 16 is in his first slump of any sort during a strong debut season. What a heck of a way to make your exit from, from single a home run by I'm out of here. Absolutely. The slump buster with the three run. Uh, The second game required no late inning heroics as the storm scored in each of the first four frames and cruised through the twin bill sweep. Max Ferguson, who drew three more walks, three more walks in the, uh, in the opener, connected on his first career home run in game two. The left-handed speedster has reached base 83 times in 41 games this season. Storm starter Victor Lizarraga, Lizarraga, thank you, mm-hmm. and Jesus Gonzalez timing 66 hitters for the, for the day, combining to allow just one earned run over five hits for over 11. Ah, damn. It's com- combining to allow just one earned run on five hits over 11 innings. Thank you for Lizarraga, the sixth inning appearance not only marked the longest of his young career, but represented a nice bounce back from his only bad start of the year last time out. 
Opponents have a 234 average against the 18-year-old righty. Gonzalez matched his season high with five innings pitched and six strikeouts. The lefty from Venezuela, who will turn 21 next week, has allowed 13 runs over 10 innings in his three previous starts. So I knew that Max Ferguson was leading all of baseball in stolen bases. Uh, I thought I'd look it up. He's also leading all the minors in in walks. He has 49 walks already this year. Uh, There are only three guys in every level of the minor leagues with more than 40 walks. I just ridiculous. Okay. So moving on to Fort Wayne uh, strike one, Brandon Tuesday, Brandon Valenzuela picked up two hits in the effort. His third multi-hit performance in the last seven games, he was off to a slow start. So now we're going to see all those numbers just shoot up like a rocket. Uh, Reliever Brandon Comar shined on the mound, striking out seven in three and a third, no hit innings starter, Jackson Wolf. I was waiting for you to howl. Sorry, I'll just take a second. <laughs> was solid, tossing five and two-thirds innings and allowing three runs. Uh, Wolf struck out a professional career-high eight batters with his curveball being the most frequent put-away pitch. Komar nearly matched Wolf's strikeouts. Komar diced up the River Bandits lineup with his changeup, fanning four batters in a row at one point and facing just one over the minimum. The Wisconsinite hasn't allowed a run over his last seven and two-thirds innings pitched. Komar repeatedly started Quad City's batters with first-pitch strikes, helping the game move at a torrid pace. The contest took only two hours and 10 minutes. Two hours and- so I was listening to Jesse and, and Tony. I don't remember if it was pregame or during the game yesterday. They were talking about the pitch, the pitch clock. Yeah. And so in the minors, I believe it's 16 seconds. If there's nobody on base, right? Yeah. Then 18 when they are on base. And so what, what Jesse did was he was looking up the data, apparently on StatCast, you can see what a pitcher's pace is. And they take that when the previous pitch was a taken pitch. So not a foul ball, not right. anything else. It's just you take the pitch, set yourself, pitcher sets himself, and you go. How long does that take? And Sean Manaya was the second fastest pitcher in baseball, and I think his pace was 17 or 18 seconds. Okay. And, and that's a pretty quick clip. Oh yeah, major he, league guy. He he. I mean, he's the second fastest guy in the majors. Yeah. I and mean, Wade Miley's the only guy that's faster. And he works when you're watching a game with him. The game feels like it moves along real quick. Yeah. So they were saying that 16 seconds might be a little bit aggressive. You know, maybe they're trying to just set a precedent. Um, it, it's going to get adjusted at some point. I'm sure. It seems like the pitch clock is going to be making its way to the majors sooner or later. They're just going to have to find a number that that's reasonable. Yeah. But seeing this two hours and 10 minutes for a full nine inning game, that's awesome. That, that is awesome. Yeah. Short games. It's that's, that's God. You know, I, I love baseball, but three and a half hour games just kill me. Two hours and 10 minutes is a pretty crisp pace, uh, particularly if there's not a lot of uh, offense. But, uh, you know, anywhere in the two, two and a half hour range is, is pretty good. So moving on to strike two Thursday, 10 caps split another doublehead, a lot of doubleheaders. And as we get into San Antonio, there are more doubleheaders coming. So it's a big doubleheader. Uh, weekend, <laughs> our podcast episode on Thursday, the doubleheader was necessitated after Wednesday night game was suspended by rain in the bottom of the third inning. After the River Bandits claimed the opening game 6-2, the Tin Caps returned the favor in the nightcap with a 6-2 win of their own. The front half was a regulation and inning game. The back half was only scheduled for seven innings. That's interesting. I thought they were all going to yeah. be seven inning doubleheaders in minors. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, well, I guess the continuation game was already going to be nine innings. Maybe that's, that's what they thought. Oh, because it was postponed from a regular. Okay. Maybe that's right. it. Right. So despite the setback in the first game, Fort Wayne pitches struck out a season high 19 batters, dude. Uh, Starter Noel Vela, kid, five and three innings last uh, 
Cade five and three innings. In the resumption, relievers Edwin Benincumbo and Danny Dens each struck out seven and three innings, respectively. And fear the Gogs. Dude, fear the Gogs, right. And his dad went and saw those. I think his dad went and saw that game, or at least this last weekend. Uh, in the nightcap, number 21, Padres pitching prospect Ephraim Contreras. And his fourth start back from Tommy John's surgery went a season-long four innings with a season-high seven strikeouts. Nick Thwaites out of Fort Wayne, uh, out of out of Fort Wayne Recovery, sorry, out of Fort Recovery High School in nearby Ohio, tossed two scoreless innings in relief while Luke Boyd registered three strikeouts to end the game in the seventh. Um, I, Nick Thwaites, I, every time I watch him pitch, it seems like he's dealing. Um, maybe it's just, you know, because I'm watching the game. I'm watching, you know, the, the Padres in the big screen. I'm paying attention to other games, but it just seems like he's he's doing so well. I wouldn't, you know, my thought is that he can move up and continue to develop. I feel like he's one of those guys that John Conniff was high on uh, when he went to go see him in um, Tri-Cities yeah. before the whole shutdown and everything. They like you hear when John Conniff starts harping somebody's name. Yeah, that's somebody to watch. He's got a good eye for for talent. He's been around long enough. So those two games, uh, Robert Hassel was kind of giving the day off. And I saw on Twitter where he, um, where uh, the coach Esposito just said, hey, he just needed to have a couple couple of games off to kind of watch the game. You know, he had been struggling a little bit, not doing too well. So and when that happens, you give him a couple of days off, a couple of games off. Just, hey, watch the game. Sit back. Take a breath. Well, it's a long it's a long season. And yeah. I, I got to imagine that it's it's hard to learn how to pace yourself. Um, you know, how to prepare, but mentally and physically, probably more physically than anything. Um, yeah. So you mentioned uh, Danny Dan's dad. They're in the Chicago area and uh, Quad Cities, River Bandits, they're right on the border between Iowa and Illinois. So it's probably just a couple hour drive from from where the uh, the Dens, the, the Dens Den. Dens is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Strike three Sunday behind the mass for pitching performance by Jackson Wolf. The Fort Wayne team, the Jane Cassidy, the Quad City River Band is 6-1. The left-hander from Columbus, Ohio, struck out a professional high, 11 batters. So that was eight, his first start. I think it was, uh, what, Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Yeah, Tuesday of uh, last week. And then this Sunday, dude, 11 batters. Cade over six and two-thirds innings, marking the longest outing of the season by a Jane Caps pitcher. Wolf didn't allow a hit through the first five innings or even walk through the first four and third. Ultimately, he left after 91 pitches, 65 of those for strikes, uh, received a big ovation from the hearty crowd of 4,727 fans. That's fantastic. Ooh, Ballpark Digest. They're having their, their voting for yep. uh, the high A ballpark and the uh, Parkview Field is in the finals. So if it's still open, get out there and vote. And you can vote every day. I voted. I saw the 10 cast posted it. Uh, on the email, and then I went and voted. You can vote again today. You can vote again tomorrow. You can vote every day. Yeah, they got everybody sharing it. They got Mike Nutter and and John Nolan and the Tin Caps account, and half the half the city of Fort Wayne is sharing this this link out there. So vote for Parkview Field. Absolutely. Anyway, so continue. The, so the first four batters all reached base, including left fielder Corey Rozier, who doubled in shortstop Jared Dale, the third baseman Olivia Bazaby. And right fielder Augustin Ruiz contributed sacrifice flies in the first. In the second, Robert Hassel III delivered a two-out RBA single. Then in the sixth, Roser provided a two-out run-scoring signal. Single, <clears throat> excuse me. Designated hitter Brandon Venezuela belted a home run to left center for a second of the season. Dale, Roser, and Venezuela each had two hits. 
Wolf strikeouts were most by a cast pitcher this season. He's one of only six pitchers in the Midwest League to strike out at least 11 in a game this year. Holy moly. Yeah. Okay, moving on to San Antonio. Uh, strike one on Wednesday, the San Antonio Missions and Frisco Rough Riders had a doubleheader Wednesday night from Riders Field. Following Tuesday night's rainout, the Missions dominated the first game, scoring eight runs and slugging back-to-back-to-back homers. In game two, Reggie Lawson fell victim to the long ball as he allowed six runs and surrendered two home runs. The Missions win game one, eight to one, but lose game two, six to one. Estuary Ruiz, who's 38 game on-base streak came to an end on Sunday, doubled to start the game, and then stole third base. His 30 stolen bases leads the Texas League. 150 bats into the season, Ruiz still has an on-base percentage of nearly 500. 500. In the third, Ruiz, Connor Hollis, and Jorman Rodriguez hit back-to-back-to-back home runs. This is the first time the Missions have hit three consecutive home runs since 2014, which was Austin Hedges, Cody Overbeck, and Diego Gorris. Holy cow, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. But those those three home runs, they were not cheap shots. And pretty much all the home runs Ruiz has been hitting, because he's been hitting a lot of them, they have not been wall scrapers. He's been putting some power to the ball. Okay, so Matt Waldron, who missed his last scheduled start after dealing with an illness, did not allow a hit through the first three innings and over four extremely efficient innings as the knuckler led to nine groundouts. Michel Baez threw score two scoreless frames. While he was often wild throwing as nearly as many balls as strikes, mid to upper 90s coming at you from his height looks unhittable. Baez has now thrown five scoreless innings since joining San Antonio. Finally, a little bit of earth, down to earth for Baez. You know, let him, let him you know, once again, you want these guys to struggle when they are getting back, when they're developing, obviously he's a major league pitcher, but you know, you want to see what happens when that happens and where he's at, you know, where's he at in his head. Right. Right. You don't want that first moment of adversity to come while they're on a major league mound and things just go off the rails. Absolutely. So strike two following last night's doubleheader, the San Antonio missions and ref riders and Frisco ref riders played an extra inning filler on Thursday night. The game went back and forth in Frisco until the 10th inning when San Antonio broke it open, including a single from Juan Fernandez that played at a pair of missions. Uh, Fernandez got to start at first base and also catches and takes turns at the DH spot. The 23-year-old from Valencia, Venezuela, is batting 333 with 16 RBIs and 75 at-bats this year. Thomas Eschman, Eschman, Eschman. Eschman started off what, remain, what remained a pitcher's duel during regulation. From Carlsbad via Cal State Fullerton, Eschman was a 2015 second-round pick of the Houston Astros. The righty is two and two with a 4.7 ERA with 18 strikeouts and six starts since joining San Antonio. Connor Hollis added a pair of hits to continue his hot spring for the missions. The former raised farmhand, farmhand is slashing 316, 440, and 478 and 136 at bats. The missions won with only one extra base hit that double off the bat of Chandler Siegel. Siegel, known for his defense and handling of pitchers, has a home run and is has a home run and is 650 OPS and 2022 uh, tops his career mark uh, at 572. So that's both hit both catchers on the missions, both Juan Fernandez and Chandler Siegel. They're both glove first guys. Yeah. I, yeah. They're not there to hit. They're not offensive first kind of guys, but you got Chimmy uh, Juan Fernandez hitting 333 and Chandler Siegel is, is, is scorching it relative to him because when we talked to him yeah he was saying i mean he was batting below 200 and it's like he didn't have a whole lot of uh expectations 
offensively. He's obviously putting in a lot of work, but that's not what he's there for, but they're producing. It's that's, that's great to see. I love it. Right. Absolutely. And if, you know, if he's going to make the major league, he's going to have to hit something. He's going to have to hit above his weight. Um, the glove, you know, the, the glove first um, works for a little bit, but you know, if he's going to hit and he knows this, this is nothing that it's not foreign to him. Uh, you know, talking to Real Padron, the kid is major league glove has the major league glove. It's just a bat that lags. Yep. So Adrian Morehome made his third relief appearance for the missions on the rehab on his rehab assignment. The lefty worked two frames to extend his double A totals for four perfect innings with five strikeouts. And Philippe finished things off with two scoreless innings of his own for of his own. The Dominican righty is now three and with a 2.04 ERA and 17 and two thirds innings for San Antonio. Looking quite like the MILB free agent pickup for the Padres after arriving in the offseason for the Rays. We've got a couple guys from the Rays organization in our, uh, we picked up as minor league free agents there. Yeah. It, you, I think Ryan Lilly came out of the Rays organization. Absolutely. Um, and so Morahone, I mean, you talk about these guys finding adversity. I don't know where Morahone's going to see it because it sounds like everything's coming out of his hands looking yeah. great. <laughs> you know, in the couple of times I've watched him, you know, we, I talk so much about his, um, you know, when he when things don't go his way, how he gets brooding, you kind of feel that vibe. You know, I, I see him a couple of times when he's, uh, you know, he tosses the ball up in the air. He kind of jumps around on the mound. I, I see him have a little bit of fun. Maybe, you know, with, with all this positive, you know, with all this, um, you know, all this performance doing so well, he's really starting to have fun. You know, it's kind of funny how that happens. Those emotions, it's great to have the positivity. It's great to be bouncing around on the mound, having a good time. It's also not so great when you're not doing well and you, you can, I mean, you can see it physically, um, but it was fun to just kind of just wanted to notice that. I want to let that be known that he's not all just doom and gloom when he's doing bad, when he's having fun, when he's succeeding, he really shows it on the mound as well. Well, I wonder if there's so between coming up to the majors and getting roughed up and having a hard time, get having to have Tommy John surgery, going through what everybody went through with COVID I'm, we talk about maturity yeah. and I wonder if he's kind of gotten a different perspective on things. So now if something's not quite going his way, it doesn't just ruin everything. Right. Yeah. That's, that's something that comes with, with age, with maturity, with right. life experience. And definitely perspective, you know, and we saw it with, with Mac. I mean, Mac after, after the, after what has happened to him to come back, not that he was so, you know, I don't know what I'm looking for. Not that he was just stuck up before and was just overconfident in when he was talking to anyone, uh, but when he came back, he just it just seemed like a different narrative coming from him, talking about we, talking about I can always get better, even when he does really well, it's like I can do better. Um, it just seemed like that perspective with age and a little bit of adversity uh, really kind of humbles you. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, okay, so strike three uh, on Friday, the Asturi Ruiz show continued Friday as the electric center fielder had a pair of hits, drew a walk and stole his league leading 32nd base of the season. The 23 year old has cooled off a bit over the last week, but there is no denying the impact that he's having on the missions this season. He leads the Texas League in runs scored with 47 and on base percentage at 478. In addition, he's in the top five of the Texas League in doubles, walks and OPS. On Sunday, he hit a leadoff home run and had a bunt single. 
Chandler Siegel had two more hits. The defensive stalwart is in a is a tremendous receiver behind the plate, but he posted a ghastly 523 OPS in the Texas League in 2021. In 55 plate appearances in May, Siegel is hitting a respectable 275, 327, 392. That type of production won't make anyone think about Mike Piazza, but Siegel could find a big league opportunity with passable offensive production. After the, uh, right, go ahead. Yeah, so somebody was pointing out um, uh, 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 Campusano's numbers in AAA, and people are always harping about, okay, bring him up. He's ready. He's posting a nine-something OPS. Okay, he's looking like Mike Piazza in AAA, but somebody else was posting those same numbers in AAA back in 2015 and 2016 and wound up being a not great hitter in the major leagues. I kind of going off on a, on a rant here, uh, but you can't look at what somebody's doing in AAA and just say, okay, well, he's ready. Okay. Anyway. Well, uh, and, and, and particularly with him, he's got to have the whole package. The bat, right. they know was there. If it was bat was the only thing that they needed him to have, he'd be up already. It's right. the game calling. It's the experience behind the plate. It's the defensive improvement. It's all the whole package. And, and I tell you, he's not far off, but you know, when he came up to the majors, when, you know, after a couple of starts with Snell, Snell's like, the professional that he is kind of like, you know, I don't know. Um, that's when, you know, you got to go down there and really learn how to call a game. Right. And so the guys that are harping for him to get called up, if he's called up and he's used as a, as a designated hitter or a pinch hitter or whatever, right. how does he learn anything about game calling and communication right. and preparation and all this when his job's just to hit? No, you need to keep him down there where he can, he can be honing his craft. Yeah. Okay. And God real quick and do that. Kind of <laughs> Sorry. I watched Monday night's game and dude, his pants are painted on. It's <laughs> like, I showed Lydia, I'm like, look at this. And he's like, she's like, Oh my God. Like I, there's nothing to the imagination. It's just, I mean, you think everyone thinks Cronenworth's pants are tight. Watch Luis Camposano's game tonight. And you're going to look, Oh my God, that's, those are just painted on. Well, he's built like a bull. They don't, he is a bull. they don't make baseball pants for people with thighs. That are, back, right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so back to San Antonio. Uh, outfielder Corey Howell delivered two hits, including his fourth bomb of the year. Howell came over with Chihuahua's catcher Brett Sullivan in the Victor Caratini deal just before opening day. So that was from Milwaukee. Uh, after Moises Lugo struggled a bit to start the game, left-handed pitcher Osvaldo Hernandez relieved him and stabilized things for the missions. Hernandez allowed just one hit in two and two-thirds innings and earned his fourth win in the process. After a disastrous start to the season in which he allowed nine earned runs in his first two and a third innings, Hernandez has allowed just two earned runs in 15 and two-thirds innings. Hernandez has transitioned to a bullpen role in May, and he is thriving. In 13 and two-thirds innings this month, opposing hitters are battling are batting just one-third against the Southpaw from Cuba. I wonder how his... Uh, how his approach has changed. If his, hmm. you know, what he's, what he's throwing and choosing when to throw what pitches, if there's a different approach as a reliever versus a starter, as a starter, it's like, I don't want to show them everything the first time through the order. I need okay. to pick and choose and start to show them stuff later on as a reliever. It's just, you come out guns blazing. Yeah. Well, and with him, the curveball is his pitch and the velocity that he does not have has got to be, used very wisely. So maybe he's pitching backwards. Maybe, you know, that could be the big thing is he's throwing curveballs in fastball situations and guys aren't really looking for it. And I mean, it's a, it's a true six to 12 curveball, but he's popping maybe 90, 89 tops, maybe occasional 92, maybe. Um, right. So, so maybe, how do you come out of the, how do you come out of the bullpen as a breaking ball first kind of guy 
step on the mound and start landing breaking balls for pitches. That was something that impressed us about McKenzie start on sat on Sunday. Yeah. And we were 400 feet from the plate, but even still you could see that he was dropping that curveball in for first pitch strikes and he was buckling a bunch of knees. The guys yeah. weren't expecting to see that coming. So right. it's one thing to go out there and be dropping the hammer, but if you're, 98, yeah, right. But, but if you're not throwing strikes, then they'll just spit on it. But he's going out there getting that first pitch strike. So somebody like Osvaldo Hernandez, the pitches backwards guys in double a aren't used to seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to uh, El Paso strike one Thursday, CJ Abrams, CJ Abrams is now five for eight in the last two games. As he starts his stroke back, as he gets a stroke back in triple a on the not so plus side, he committed a throwing error and was thrown out on the base paths. With a double. That's what you're in the minor leagues to learn how to do. Right. Right there. Right. That's perfect. Make those throwing errors to make those mistakes on the base paths in El Paso where it doesn't hurt the major league team. Go back and look at film. Learn what you did wrong. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where the development is. Absolutely. So I'm not we- mad to see him making these mistakes. I'm, if anything, I'm happy to see it. No, and then any of the stuff that we you see from these guys, it's all development. Even guys that, you know, highly touted as C.J. Abrams. Um, it's, it's all development because it doesn't really matter down to the minors, but you learn. And that's the big thing is you got to learn from your mistakes. Uh, if a du- uh, with a double, no more Mazar reached base yet again. Ray Kerr turned in his second consecutive scoreless outing, striking out a pair. Hopefully the lefty can get consistent work in AAA where he has had a 6.23 ERA. While he's showing promise with 12 strikeouts, he needs to work through some control issues as he issued seven walks and eight in the thirds innings. Strike two on Friday, Ryan Weathers earned his second win of the season by gutting out five and a thirds innings despite throw- allowing some hard contact. Weathers allowed eight hits and four earned runs, walking one and striking out three. The former first rounder struggled in his second go around in the PCL. He will finish May with a 6.58 ERA, an improvement from the 7.41 ERA he produced in April. Weathers has allowed a league high 57 hits this season and struggled mainly because he just isn't missing bats. His strikeout per nine of 5.86 is the third lowest in the PCL among qualifiers, and his walk rate is nearly twice what he produced with the Padres in the big leagues last year. Weathers will need to find a way to generate more strikeouts, or it could be a long summer for the 22-year-old lefty. So that's he's a bit of a conundrum right now. So he's not somebody who's got strikeout stuff. He doesn't have the 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 blow it by you fastball. He doesn't have breaking stuff that's gonna make make uh, hitters buckle. He's got the stuff where he needs to be able to place it on the edges, move, you know, mess with the batter's eye level and all that kind of stuff um, and, and stay away from the heart of the plate. So it sounds like when he's missing, he's either missing right over the middle of the plate or way off the plate and issuing walks. Yeah. I, I don't know how that's got to be such a difficult mental hill to get over. Well, and he's 22 years old. That's the thing I noticed about this whole thing. He's 22 in AAA. They all can't be Mackenzie Gore. They all can't be Hunter Greens. They all can't be these flamethrowing guys. You know, pitchers got to learn how to pitch. And, you know, he has a pedigree. He has the tools to do it. It just may take a little bit longer for him to do it. And doing it, once again, doing it in the, in the PCL is a tough, tough, tough ask. Right. And especially for somebody that, that needs to pitch to contact. So yeah. you can't just pitch to contact and expect fly balls to be caught. You need to pitch to contact to keep it on the ground. Uh, so it's, but he's the kind of he could some switch could flip tomorrow, and then all of a sudden he could be looking really good again. And then an, an opening shows up on the Padres roster. A couple guys get hurt, whatever, and you need somebody to come up and make a start. And then he's ready. So yeah. he's he's right there. 
Yeah. So okay. Left-handed. So left-handed pitcher Jose Castillo fired a scoreless inning for the Chihuahuas, striking out a pair uh, between five outings with the Storm and seven more with El Paso. Castillo has not allowed an earned run in ten and two-thirds innings. He's walked just two batters and struck out thirteen between the two stops. So with the bullpen and the major league team having a little bit of shaky stuff in the middle. I got to imagine that they're watching Jose Castillo real close and and looking for an opportunity to pull him up soon. Uh, Finally, Nomar Mazzara doubled, singled, and drove in a pair of runs Friday night. The multi-hit effort extended his hitting streak to nine games. Mazzara is hitting a robust 338, 419, 538 in May. It seems like every day all I'm seeing from the Chihuahua's feed is another Nomar Mazzara hit a home run. Nomar Mazzara hit a double. Nomar Mazzara threw somebody out from left field. You know, and, and that's, you know, is he going to get a shot? Jose Azucar is doing well enough. Um, something's going to have to happen to have him come up. Um, right. And once again, you think with this production down in AAA and, you know, it, his track record in the major leagues, is he a 4A player? Did he just need a little bit more seasoning down in AAA to gain his confidence in his stroke? Um, we don't know, but certainly is tearing it up in AAA. And I'm sure plenty of people are barking to have that guy come up because we need production out of the outfield. We're just not getting it. Right. And it was just announced today that Matt Beatty, uh, he's heading back on the developmental list. I think it is um, because he's uh, his, his shoulder rehab isn't quite going the way. No, he's still on the injured list. I'm sorry, but he's coming off of the, um, the rehab roster for El Paso is the shoulder injury. Isn't quite healing the way that they wanted it to, which is he came back and played what two games and just lit it up. And everybody's like, okay, he's ready. Bring him back. We need, we need offense. And I guess we have to keep waiting. And that's okay. Cause then that stops. I think that probably stops his rehab. I, I, well, I don't know how that goes. Right. Yeah. Right. But then there's, there's limitations on the, on the IL. So they, maybe they have to show some more evidence that, right. you know, show some scans or whatever. Cause you can't just say, Oh, this guy's hurt and hide him on the injured list. They need to have a little bit more to back it up. Major League Baseball is trying to make sure that nobody's uh, nobody's being too sketchy with the injured list. Oh, you know, Preller, it's Preller. Come on. AJ knows how to do that stuff. Well, I mean, half the that? league does. I mean, look at what Tampa Bay does. <laughs> look at what the Dodgers do. And look at what the Giants have done. It seems like a, a handful of teams are just masterful about stashing guys on the injured list. And they've got this. I mean, you've got an active roster of, what, 26, 28 guys. But it seems like like some of these teams have like 36 people that they're yeah. just kind of cycling through the big league roster thanks to injured injured list. I don't yeah. want to say manipulation, um, but it's just it's it's they're very good at, at managing their injured lists. Yeah, and uh, you know with uh, Jose Azucar is really starting to come around a little bit at the plate, uh, certainly on the base paths and the outfield. Uh, so they're probably like, yeah, you know, let's give him a little bit more time. You know, okay, so he's he's looking very composed in the box. He's having some very good at bats, and it kind of reminded me of what we saw from Tukapita Makano uh, because I saw him on Friday and again on Sunday. It's when he's in the box, he doesn't look like a kid who's overmatched. He looks like a major league hitter. He doesn't have a lot of power. I mean, Tuka just hit his first home run, but I'm and I Ozokar is going to hit one sooner or later, but he's just going to get lucky and run into one. That's not his game. His game is contact, hit it over the infielders, you know, line drive, gap to gap. Don't try to go for too much power. So somebody was telling me they were watching Azokar in, in batting practice. And at the end of batting practice, he started launching a bunch of home runs. The power is there when you can load up on it and you know right. that it's a batting practice fastball that's coming at you. You can load up on it a little bit more and, and drive that power, but you don't use that same move in a game. Right. 
So, I, I mean, unless you're, unless you're Hunter Renfro and you're just trying to hit everything over the Western metal supply building <laughs> or Luke Voigt or um, Luke Voigt. So strike three to finish off the El Paso uh, Chihuahuas Monday, Luis Libertardo Liberato hit a grand slam in the third inning and CZ Abrams went two for four with a run scored as the Chihuahuas started a six game road trip and one six, three against the Salt Lake bees. Yeah, I saw uh, Tim Haggerty. I think it was that said something about where they were before. It was like 93 game, 93 degrees at first pitch. And then they go up to Salt Lake and it's 53 degrees at first pitch. Little little change in weather. But Uh. CJ Abrams, people a week ago, people were getting worried about what's wrong with CJ. He went down to AAA and he had those first two good games. And then he's been in a slump. It's. I mean, the kid's young and he's making adjustments. I'm wondering if the league is making adjustments to him now that they've got, you know, a few dozen major league at bats. They've got a whole bunch of tape. They've got a bunch of data on him. So maybe they put together a book and they say, okay, do this. Don't do that. And now they've got a way to get him out. Also, he had those two games where he's hitting home runs. Maybe he got a little hungry, uh, home right. hungry. Right. I, do, stuff do like this, that happens. Do this. Don't do that. Can't you read the sign? Is that what you were going to say? Oh, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, it's funny. The same thing I got, you know, my supervisor at work is like, I heard he's not doing that well. I'm like, dude, that's not how that's not how development works. Right. It's right, not how develop true. it's not how development works. And you gotta it's baseball, you know, when you know your stretch can be good for a little bit, your stretch can be bad for a little while. Um, what we need to see from him is consistent at bats where he's driving the ball where he's, he's, he's driving it to all fields. He's letting his legs also do the work. The power will come. The, the home runs will come as he gets older and as he gets stronger. But right now, we need consistent, solid at-bats. And it doesn't matter if he's hitting 400. If, if the manager doesn't see what he thinks they need to see, if he's not checking off boxes, he's not going to move up. So it sounds like you want him to do kind of the same thing you want the fans to do, and that is to hold steady and stay positive. Hold steady and stay positive. All right. I'm full circle. You can reach me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I'm at Zippy underscore TMS. Real quick. And you guys know from the Twitter account, we have reached our goal for the Chipotle gift card giveaways. We have uh, several hundred dollars left over. So I'm probably going to get together. I've got, I've texted with Jackson and James, uh, asked them what they want to do. If they have maybe a charity that they have close to their hearts, they're young, you know, they're, they're top, draft picks so they they have to get the philanthropy in their heart and uh going or if i'm just going to do something nice for the whole team up in lake elsinore but once again thank you for all the rad posts of the pictures with all the gear uh, i got paid today i'm going to go buy my gear today um thank you so much enjoy it and uh we really appreciate that because it all goes right to the minor leaguers Absolutely. If it's not going to the guys in the storm, it's going to minor leaguers elsewhere and around the yeah. country that, that need the help. So we appreciate that. The, everything's still up for sale. All the money that comes yep. in is going to continue going to these good causes. Um, so by all Absolutely. means, buy a shirt, put a sticker on your on your thermos, you know, get some. Do we have boxer shorts on there? No, uh, no, but I'll check into that. You can do masks, you can do purses, you can do like, oh, you can do all kinds of stuff, but you don't need there to be that much. But yeah, there's a few things. There's the hoodie. I got the hoodies and the stickers. The stickers are cool, man. I'm getting a sticker, put it on my thermos. Nice. All right, guys. Uh, see you later. Go Padres. Go Padres. Go Padres.